declare that you are all we need. You are all that we want. Help us to know that you are here, you are near with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this atmosphere. Come and speak to us, O God. Come in your strength and in your power. Let our time with you, Father, let it count, O God, and let it become, O God, even that which you have purpose for it to become. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Gen- uh, Psalms 126. Psalm number 126. Yes. This is church. Suddenly they manufactured another pulpit. Psalm 126, verse number 5 and 6. Let's all read it together. Disturbing everybody but yourself. Psalm 126, verse number 5 to 6. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's read. Ready? Go. Say it again. Ready? Go. He who continuous continually goes forth weeping bearing seeds for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheath with him let's read for the the verse the two verses again ready from verse five let's read it and then read the verse six ready go those who sow in tears shall reap in joy he who continually goes forth weeping bearing seeds for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheets with him hallelujah okay he says those who sow in tears shall reap in joy and he who goes forth weeping bearing seeds i i was wondering why the writer of this psalm is associating sowing with sadness, with tears, with emotions. I was wondering why he would start this particular um, uh, word with, with uh, tears or with, with, with sadness, with pain. Because you only weep when you are in pain. You only weep when something is hard, when things are not working right, when things are not going the way you want it to go. And he goes on to say that this same person will undoubtedly, without fail, this person will come back rejoicing because he will come with his harvest in his hand, which means that harvest is associated with joy, whereas sowing is associated with what? Sorrow and pain. Amen. Now, The problem we have in the modern day church is that the modern day church tries to eliminate anything to do with pain, tries to eliminate anything to do with sorrow, tries to eliminate anything to do with um, hard work and presents Jesus or presents our God as a man who, who brings happiness, who brings joy, who brings, um, what do you call it, Uh, rejoicing who brings us harvest all the time. 
And so the church has become a very harvest-driven or harvest-oriented church. That is why the messages we hear in the, in the church today is all about harvest. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? The message that we hear in church, you just flip your mind and see what you hear in the airwaves being preached. You see that everything we are talking about is about harvest. Everything we are talking about is about the blessings of God. The blessings of God is the most popular sermon you hear. Are you with me? But you see, the Bible says that before the harvest, before the blessing, before the, 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 all the glory, there must be a sowing period. You cannot sidestep the sowing and go straight to the harvest. It is not possible. Amen. The reason why the church sometimes gets frustrated with God and sometimes gets frustrated because they, they, they don't practice the whole total principle. We sometimes leave gaps and we want God to fill the gap. The things we don't like, we take it away and we want God to fill it. Amen. So it is very important that we go back to the principle of sowing. Hallelujah. I am very, very happy that we are going to be dealing with the sowing this whole month. And you will see that sowing is the most important part of life. Because everywhere you are in life is as a result of what you sowed previously. And what you are sowing today is going to show up tomorrow. Are you with me? So there is nothing like harvest without first sowing. Amen. So it's important that we, we actually understand that sowing is very important. Amen. Um, two important things that I want us, or three important things we'll talk about. <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about three important things about sowing. Then I'm going to give you the principles of sowing today. And we'll go home. Is that okay? Is that all right? Okay. So, the first important thing I want us to understand about sowing is that the priority of sowing and reaping is most important in every aspect of God, every aspect of ministry, every aspect of the church. Amen. The priority of sowing and reaping is very important in every aspect. There was a survey done <clears throat> in the church in America. A survey was done. And in a particular area or particular um, state, I'm not going to mention the name of the state or the churches involved, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read the statistic. This is what they, they did a survey, and this is the outcome of the survey. Over 11,000 churches within whatever church it was, whether it's charismatic church or orthodox church, or I'm not going to mention any of the church. Within over 11,000 churches baptized zero people last year. Another 18,000 baptized less than five people in all. 70% of all the churches 
That's the summation of, of the, the statistics there. 70% of all the churches are dying or have plateaued. And when this survey was presented in the synod, the annual gathering of all the pastors and churches, they gathered together. When they all gathered, they decided that the outcome of the survey they've done shows that 75% of the church is either dying uh, or are dead or plateaued. And the reason for this is that the principle of sowing has been taken away from the church. So the church emphasizes on God's blessings, emphasizes on how God will destroy all your enemies, how God will bring the victory, how God will, will bless you, how God will enlarge your coast, how God is bringing to, to, uh, 25 blessings in 25 minutes. We're talking about everything and we have eliminated the principle of sowing. We are talking about God giving us a mega church and we have eliminated the principle of sowing to reap a mega church. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. It's like we have eliminated the principle of sowing together. I was talking to somebody who says, I like your church. I realize that you have a lot of bells and a lot of whistles. The bells and whistles are the reason why your church is growing. I'm going to go and buy bells and whistles. It is not in the bells. It is not in the whistles. See, it is, you are concentrating on the harvest without realizing that before the harvest, there was sowing, and sowing means hard work. Sowing means tears. Sowing means weeping. Sowing means effort and labor. Hallelujah. And because we don't like anything to do with labor, God has to do everything. So on Sunday, we come to watch Jesus perform his magic trick. Satan is responsible for every calamity we have. Jesus is the answer to all our problems. And we have been eliminated from any work done. We are spectators in our own lives. We are spectators in the church. We just come and watch Jesus perform. We just come and watch Jesus increase our church. All our prayers, Jesus, increase us. Lord, give us a multitude. Lord, give us... um, what is there, Psalm 22, Psalm 2, verse 8? Uh, 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 give us the heeding for our inheritance. Uh, uh, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 it says what? Uh, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the world for your possession. It's all about he giving us the possession, he giving us the blessing. But what we don't understand is that for him to give us the blessing, we have to sow. So all I came to talk about the whole of this month is we need to sow. And sowing means hard work. Sowing means weeping. Sowing means effort. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. I have a funny story that I'm going to tell you about William Booth. How many of you know William Booth? William Booth, the, the founder of the Salvation Army, was a fanatic about sowing for souls. He just wanted soul winning. Soul winning was his aim. So he preached about soul winning all the time. And he sent his ministers to go out there to win souls. By any means necessary. And they went and they won so many souls. And then they got to a point when they go, they don't get any souls. When they go, they don't get any souls. When they go, they don't get any souls. So they sent 
a, a telegram. Those days, they didn't have phones. They didn't have, they had telegram. So they sent a telegram. I'm going to read a telegram to you. Are you, are you. are you ready to hear the telegram? They said, we have tried everything. We have tried preaching on the streets, corners. We have tried beating the drums. We have tried passing tracks and nothing works. That was the telegram they sent. But you see, William Booth was a one-word typist. Anytime he's typing, he doesn't type more than two or three words. So the response William Booth gave to this whole, we have tried this, 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 and nothing works, was William Booth responded, have you tried tears? No, he, he wrote, William Booth sent them a telegram in response with these two words simply, try tears. Try tears. So it means that you have sold evangelism. You have gone, you are beating the drums, you are sharing flyers, you are sharing tracks, you have done all those things. But have you tried doing the same thing with tears? Or you just sold. Try tears. I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you understand the message. It means that put the effort that will make you cry. You see, the Bible says that as soon as Zion travailed, he gave, he, she brought forth children. You see, until you add travail and add tears to it, don't think about harvest. Um, you know what we, what we saw on Sunday? It is not it's the harvest, it's the rejoicing. But before that, dry tears. I don't know whether you you want to see a ministry like what you saw. You want to you want to see a ministry like that. Try tears. Francis, you want to see a, 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 an impact church that is the whole room is full and they are jamming for the Lord. Try tears. Forget about what the harvest. Don't don't daydream about harvest. <clears throat> they say that God doesn't give a forest. God gives an acorn. God gives seeds. When you ask God, Lord, bless me with the harvest, he gives you seeds. Which means that you have to take the seeds and work the ground. Be, be in tears. Till the ground. Plant water and wait. Then you will see. Dear Moody, evangelist Dear Moody said, with tears, I will, he said, I will go to prison for you. I can go to death for you, but I refuse to go to heaven without you. Wow. It's a tweetable 
statement. He says, with tears, I can go to prison for you. I can go to death for you. But I refuse to go to heaven without you. By all means, I have to go to heaven with you. If it means I have to beat heaven into you, I will do it. If I have to convince heaven into you, I will convince heaven into you. If I have to dig heaven into you, I will do it. Whatever it takes. Ah. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. The Bible says that for this reason, the son of man was made, he said, the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost, isn't it? He came to seek that which was lost. Amen. So the second important thing that I want to talk about this is that the modern church's emphasis has been on harvest rather than planting good seeds. That's why preaching morality and holiness has left the church. Because that is seed. Preaching holiness is seed. Preaching morality is seed. Preaching work is seed. We preach about prosperity, which is harvest. We preach about blessings, which is harvest. We preach about breakthrough, which is harvest. All those things are harvest. But what the church needs is the seed. Because the seed is what produces the harvest. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, the Bible says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer will not fail. Which means that if you sow good seeds, undoubtedly you are going to reap. But if you don't sow and you want to reap, you are a thief. Mm, I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. If you don't sow and you want to reap, you are a thief. I said Genesis 8.22, not 2. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So it's a principle at work. Uh, I don't know whether you're getting it. It's a principle at work in the in the. It's working. It's like gravity. It's the law of gravity. Law of sowing and reaping. It's there. If you sow, you reap. If you sow bad seeds, you reap. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says that be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. Hallelujah. If you sow to your flesh, you are going to reap corruption. If you sow to your spirit, you will reap everlasting life. So be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. Now, where you are sitting today is as a result of what you have sowed. Your qualification it's as a result of the many hours of study. Your lack of qualification is as a result of no hours of study. When you play in school, 
you are going to fail. I don't care how many times you pray in tongues. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. You, ca- you cannot sow nothing and expect God to give you a harvest. The church today is sowing nothing and we want a harvest. We want a miracle, no the tire Jesus. So. No, miracle tires Jesus because there's a song like that you didn't know. Blessing, blessing, what? No, the tire Jesus. So. Play, uh, play the song. Play, play the song. Okay. It's, a, it's an English song. It's a Nigerian song. It's a new song. Okay, they'll, they'll play it. Don't worry. They'll play it in a minute. Miracle, no, they tire Jesus. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. So that's what we like. We like the blessing, blessing, miracle, miracle. But before the blessing, blessing, miracle, miracle, they're sowing, 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 sowing. They're sowing, sowing, sowing. You cannot dance with it. Because they're sowing, sowing, sowing. It's tears, 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 tears. You see, you always reap what you sow. If you are not sowing anything, you are sowing something. Say it again. If you are not sowing anything, you are sowing something. You know that the, the people in, in school who never will not go to study, they won't go for lectures. Every time they'll be in the bed or they'll be doing something naughty. 15 years, 20 years down the line, when you go and see their life, they are doing nothing because they sold nothing. So they are reaping nothing. They slept and then life has also yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, yet a little folding of the arms. So poverty will be your constant neighbor. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. So the Bible teaches us this wonderful principle that you always reap what you sow. If you are sowing nothing, you are reaping nothing. If you are not sowing prayer into your ministry, you are reaping nothing. If you are not sowing going to plant people into your ministry, you cannot harvest people. If you are not sowing help, you cannot reap help. If you are not sowing financially, you can't reap financially. There are pastors who don't pay their tithe, who don't give, but they want a blessing of financial blessing. It doesn't work. 
I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. You cannot preach one thing and do something different and expect you to be exempted from the law. No. No. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm trying to say. You always reap what you sow. And in life, you are either reaping or sowing. In fact, you are reaping and sowing at the same time. Because what you are living now today is what you have reaped. Are you doing? And what you are sowing. So the harvest is in your hand at the same time seed. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am in my harvest and I'm in my planting season. Because what I'm planting today is going to show up tomorrow. And what I am in today is what I've planted before. Yeah, I don't know whether you're getting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that law applies in your finances, it applies in your marriage, it applies in your education, it applies in your vocation, it applies in your, in your health, it applies everywhere. If you don't exercise, you are going to be sick. You cannot pray calories away from your diet. Lord, I bind fat in the name of Jesus. Remove every cancer from my meal. As you have a big fat meal in front of you. Remove all the carbohydrates. Remove all the sugars. Remove all... I minus 1,800 calories from the food I'm eating in the name of Jesus. You are deceiving yourself. You are preaching. You don't like. Incidentally, you reap more than you sow. The harvest is always greater than what you sow. Are you, are you, so if you are sowing gossip, and you are amazed that you, your, what you are reaping, the harvest is much, much more. Shaking together, pressed down, running over, shall men put on your lap. See? Sowing evangelism will always reap a harvest of a mega church. If you forget to sow evangelism, don't expect a mega church. You cannot pray a mega church into being. Otherwise, all the prayer warriors will be mega pastors today. Uh, I don't know whether. I wish the pastors were here so that I could talk to them. Today, they've gone on vacation. So. Don't expect osmosis. Is it osmosis? From a higher concentration to a lower concentration through a semi-permeable membrane. <laughs> that, that was the only biology I remember. <laughs> the definition of osmosis from a higher concentration to a lower concentration through a semi-permeable. 
So, so, so a semi-permeable membrane is the gate, the gate and the doors, the gate and the doors. So they will just come as they hear the sound, as they hear the music. They will just come in from the east, the west. The Father, bring them from the east, bring them from the west. Have you, have you sown in the east? Have you sown in the west? Have you sown in the north? Have you sown in the south? How do you expect them to come? You haven't sown anything. You want them to come to a semi-permeable membrane, which is the door. No. And then you get frustrated that God is not bringing them. Have you sown? You didn't sow. How would God bring? God will only give you a harvest of what you sowed. So if you have sowed nothing, he gives you a harvest of nothing. So my ministry is not growing. My ministry is not working. When was the last time you invited anybody? When was the last time you sowed? into the ministry. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I used to send my, my choir. We are going on evangelism. We don't care about the church. We are going to evangelize. Because we want a harvest in the choir. We, are, we cannot control the prayer or the ashes. We cannot control the entire church. But this is what we can control. That's the choir. I'm in charge of the choir. We are going on evangelism. Our other other colleague choirs, different. We had four choirs in the church. The other choirs will be either rehearsing the key, the song. We are going on evangelism. We are praying. No wonder we had the biggest choir all the time. Because what you sow is what you reap. For me, I was a worst choir director because I didn't care much about the singing. <laughs> I didn't care about the music. Because as far as I was concerned, music is like English. The fact that you can speak English doesn't mean you can preach. Because you'll be talking good grammar but nonsense. So singing for me is like English. What are you singing? Are you with me? So let's perfect the spirit. Because that's what we are preaching to them. So we perfect the spirit and perfect everything else. Do you understand? Then when you speak good English, it makes sense. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. But if you are speaking good English and you are speaking nothing. Oh, you don't understand. The way you are looking at me, I mean, it's like. Let's look at the principles of sowing and reaping. Number one, the principle of sowing and reaping. The important things I gave you, how many? Two. I'll give you some more next week. Don't worry. Let's go to principles because I have the, a lot of principles I want to get through. Hmm? Principles of sowing and reaping. Number one, the principle of sowing and reaping is enacted every day of our lives. It is in effect every day of our lives. So I want you from today to think about what you are sowing at every time of the day. When you are speaking to somebody, think about what you are sowing. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you are dealing with anything at any time of your life, just, just be conscious of what you are sowing. Because you are sowing. It can be a casual conversation, but you are sowing. 
It could be just any, just an unguarded moment, but you are sowing. Because life, in life, that principle is working. It's like gravity. Gravity doesn't take a break when you sleep. In the middle of sleeping, if you, talk, if you roll past the edge of the bed, you are coming down. Gravity will meet you in your middle of your sleep. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So you cannot say that because I am asleep, gravity must stop working. You will not suspend in the air whilst asleep and you roll to the edge of the bed. You are coming down. I don't know whether you're getting. Gravity works because it's a principle. In the same way, sowing and reaping is a principle and it works every time of the day. Every time of your life, you are either sowing or reaping. So be very conscious. Right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm sowing. And you too, where you are sitting, you are also sowing. Because you came to church. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. You are sowing. You are sowing. Every day, every time you are sowing. Whether good, bad, indifferent, you are sowing. It's a principle that lives with us. For the rest of our lives, it will live with us. So let us be conscious of that. Just as we are conscious of gravity. The reason why you will not stand the edge of the soil building and test the air is because you know the principle works. So you will not... <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the reason why you will not do that because as soon as you are born, within after maybe three, four years, you will know that the principle works because after falling down a few times, you will know that the principle is, is enacted. <laughs> when you roll down the stairs a few times and you, 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 you bump your head a few times, you, nobody will tell you that this principle works. Number two principle. You must be deliberate in sowing because the quality of the harvest is determined by the quality of the seed sown. So the principle here is that the quality of the seed affects the quality of the harvest. You can also bad seeds and expect good harvest. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap also. So what you reap is what you are sown. Amen? So the quality of the harvest is dependent on the quality of the seed. And the quality of the seed is dependent on you. Because you have the right to choose the seed you sow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Most farmers who are conscious of harvest will go for the highest grade grain to sow. Because there are some cheap quality grain. There are some low quality grain. No correct farmer will waste his energy and time tilling the ground and preparing the ground to sow low quality seed. But we sow low quality seed all the time. See the seed you bring to the altar. Low quality seed, low quality prayer, low quality reading of the Bible, low quality attending to church, low quality evangelism. And you expect high quality 
answers. High quality blessing. Miracle. No, the tire Jesus. So put it put it on again. And people dance with it. You see, you see how we see in our mindset. It's all about we don't care what we produce or what we are giving, but God should just put in a tumble dryer and just clean it and bring a quality harvest. Jesus gets tired of miracles sometimes because he cannot go against his word. Kai, miracle, no detail, Jesus. Me, I like the chai bit. That's my favorite bit. Chai. Okay, put it off. We put the honest and the pressure on Jesus to perform when we have brought nothing. We brought nothing, but he has to do a miracle and give us a blessing. Number three principle. Sowing good seeds must become a continuous process in our lives. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. Sow your seed in the morning and in the evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed. Whether this or that. Or whether both will be equally, will do equally well. So good seeds, sowing good seeds must become a continuous process in our lives. That's the principle. Principle number three. Sowing good seeds must become a continuous process in our lives. And Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. Sow your seeds in the morning and at evening let your hand not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, whether both will do equally well. Hallelujah. Don't know which one will do well. So keep sowing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, remember this, whatever, whoever sows sparingly will also report sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also report generously. Hallelujah. If you sow sparingly, you shall reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. Simple. Hallelujah. I'm saying that so to, from today, anytime you are coming to sow seed, Financially, you're sowing your time. You're sowing, uh, what do you call it? Prayer. You're sowing your, your whatever. Be very, very mindful. Check the quality of what you're sowing. Because it will, it will show up in your harvest. You see, Cain brought low-grade seed 
and he wanted a harvest of blessing and became jealous when his brother who sowed high quality seed got a bountiful harvest. He became jealous. Let us stop being jealous of people's blessings. You don't know what they have sown. Are you with me? The person's testimony is great and you are envious of them. What are, do you know what he sold? You know the envelopes that people bring onto the altar. Not all of us sow good seeds. Some bring 2p, 3p. We said we wanted to buy this building. I cannot forget. Somebody brought 7 pounds 50p. Use 7 pounds 50p to buy a house for yourself and see where how far you go. We are paying for the church building. Somebody brought seven pounds, 50p. When I saw the envelope, I said, this person doesn't understand. I don't see the names. I just see they give me the envelope. I just see this person doesn't understand what they are doing. If that's all you could afford, that's a different thing. But if that is not all you can afford, and you know people are bringing envelopes so you to take an envelope. And you know very well what the envelope is for. And you know what you can do. And you, are, you see, you cannot cheat principles. You cannot cheat the word of God. You cannot cheat God. Whatever man sows, that shall he reap. Are you with me? If this is not the best, don't sow it. Because you may not like the harvest. Oh, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. It's like, I mean, I don't have time. I always, when it comes to church, before, before, it's like you are going, you always, you don't have time. How do you want God to have time for you? Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed himself. Hallelujah. Call somebody, encourage them. After church, speak to somebody. Tell somebody something. That was encouraging. Show somebody. You know, I was telling you about my friend, Pastor Peter. Everybody, we all, we all want to go home. Nobody has time for anybody. But he will stop and speak to everyone. When we get home, we call everyone he spoke to. Whilst food is being prepared. And I always used to fight with him. Because he will not join to prepare the food. But he wants to eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I was talking to uh, one of the pastors that came. Was, I said, well, you have very good people. And I said to him, I'm reaping what I've sown over the years. There's no job I haven't done in the house of God. I don't know which job that is done in the house of God that I haven't done. From arranging chairs, leading prayer, leading worship, uh, driving pastor, going to pick people, cleaning pastor's shoes, ironing pastor's clothes, 
uh, dry cleaning, buying pastors' medicine. I've done everything, everything. Arranging instruments, doing uh, sound, everything, thank God. I've sown. And what I sow, the, if the principle works, what I've sold, I have to reap it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't be envious of me when you haven't sown anything. Uh, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Because there's no magic. Number four. Remember that your ability to sow is a grace given by God. Remember, your ability to sow is a grace given by God. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12 is a very important scripture. Then we look at 2 Corinthians 9.10. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12. It says that Zechariah, not Zephaniah. Zechariah chapter 12, they sound the same, don't they? <laughs> Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12 says that the seed will grow well the vine will yield its fruit the ground will produce its crop and the heavens will drop their dew I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of the people so God says that he will give us my verse says that for there is there will be peace for the seed. The vine will yield its fruit. The land will yield its produce. The heavens will give their due. I will cause the remnant of these people to inherit all these things. So, it comes from God. The ability to even sow, the ability to have time to encourage somebody comes from God. The ability to have money in your pocket to sow comes from God. Are you with me? God gives us the ability. Amen. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 says that, now he who supplies seeds to the sower. So who gives the, the seed to the sower? God. He who supplies seeds to the sower and bread for food. Bread is harvest. Are you with me? Will also supply and increase your store of seed. So the one who supplies the increase of the store of seeds comes from who? God. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Amen. So God is the one who supplies and increases your store of seed. So if there's any prayer I want to pray, God, give me an increase of store of seed. I came to a conclusion one day that anytime anybody is giving, asking for, for any offering, I want to sow the highest. And I want to be the first to take and I do it everywhere, not only in my church. It's something that a personal conviction I have. That anytime I should be the first to get the envelope and it should be the highest. Because I know that what I'm sowing reflects in the harvest. Remember, I read somewhere in the Bible, and Abel brought the firstlings. And the choicest. Uh, I don't know whether you get the, the difference. Firstlings means that he was the first. And he brought the choicest there. The best. Do you understand? So it's like 
you are waiting. Definitely, when you start from 500, but you will definitely go to 50. Now, you can afford to give 500, but you are waiting. How do you want to have 50 harvest when you can have 500 harvest? It's because you are not conscious that the principle is, in, is in enacted that your, your seed is proportionally to the harvest. And know that God is the one who has given you the blessings. There's another principle we we'll look at that God's, God's blessing to any man comes from the seed. He enables the man to sow. We'll look at that in a minute. Number number five. The principle of sowing and reaping involves waiting. I think this is what confuses us all the time. Because because of the waiting period, we cannot really uh, quantify or, or, or locate our harvest through the seed we sowed. I don't know whether the English I said was right or wrong. But it's like you can't point what brought about the harvest because of the time difference. Because when you sow, you don't get immediate reward. So it really confuses us to know that it is what we have sowed that has brought the reward. Does that make sense? James chapter 5 verse 7 to 11 Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, while patiently, while waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Brethren, take the false prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Oh, sorry, take the, the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard the, that you have heard the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Hallelujah. The, the, the process of time of waiting is what confuses us and what makes us not so. But my prayer for all of us is that we will understand that even if whenever it takes a long time or not, the principle is in, enacted. So we must continually so. I don't know whether you're getting it. So and so quality seed. So if it's time, sow it. If it is uh, work, sow it. If it's goodness, sow it. If it's kindness, sow it. Because that principle works. Hallelujah. Nothing grows, good grows overnight. It's only shallow vegetables that you put in the you know, tomatoes and things like that that you put in the ground and within six weeks you have a harvest. But you sow maybe coconut seed or you sow mango seed. It takes years. But as soon as it comes, 
it comes every season. Because your harvest now is not going to be just... You know when you sow the, the tomato, as soon as you pluck it, that's it. The tomato is finished. You have to plant a new one. There's no more harvest. But when you sow coconut, you sow, uh, what do you call it? Uh, mango, you sow palm, you sow whatever you sow. You know that this harvest is going to be for the rest of your life. There are some seeds when you sow, the, the rest of your life you will keep reaping. Every season, it will give you a... And that is what you need to know, that what you are sowing, some of it are perennial plants, which means that they take a long time. They say, when you sow the Japanese bamboo, it takes five years. It will be in the ground. You will not see it. For five years, you can easily be frustrated. It takes five years. You will never see that the thing shoot from the ground. But it takes only five weeks for it to move from where the ground that you can't see to a great tall plant. Only less than five weeks and it is ready for harvest. Meanwhile, it's been in the ground for five years. I don't know whether I... Uh, are you, am I preaching good? Some of us, the reason why we can't see and we get frustrated is because we can't see that the harvest that is waiting. Amen. When the Bible likens the ministry to planting and watering and reaping, it suggests a length of time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5 to 7, it says that when... Who is, the, who is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you have received, you have believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything or he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Hallelujah. He's just saying that there was one who planted, there was one who watered, then there's God who brought the increase, but it all had time spanned. The planting season time spanned, the watering season time spanned, the increase season time spanned before the harvest. Without patience, we will kill good seeds that appear bad at the beginning. Remember, the people in your ministry, your department, the people in your, your uh, little whatever group that you are looking after, some of them may appear bad, but it's only a matter of time. If you are not very patient, you can kill good people. Because at the point they appeared bad, the, the man, the land householder said to his servants, let them both grow. Even though the enemy came and sowed tests among the wheat, said that let them both grow. And at the harvest we will get rid of the and gather the wheat. So sometimes you've got to let people grow. Even people look bad in the ministry. Allow them to grow. Because it's only a matter of time they will change. Have patience with, pe patience with people. I don't know whether you understand that. Allow people to time. They will grow. Some of them will grow out of the foolishness. The naughtiness is only a matter of time. That's how come sometimes you think that, oh, this person is dribbling the pastors. Can the pastors see? We have seen long ago. We saw it before you did. 
Where I'm standing, I see more than you see. Just by the, the fact that I stand here, I can see more than you see. And with the years of experience, I can see even more. But I also know that I have to be patient with people because people change given the time. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Without patience, you miss a great harvest. People have left good churches because they were not patient for the harvest. Be patient. Be patient with your pastor. Be patient with the church. The church will grow. I remember once we were driving and Pastor Kira, where's Pastor Kira? Pastor Kira, we're driving. Coming. And then Pastor Kira asked me a question. He was much younger then. Asked me a question. And I could hear the frustration in his voice that the church is not growing as quick as he wants it. I was trying to explain to him that some things take time. So it's okay. Just be patient. He's like, no, no. You see, in this church, when we were at this place, it took uh, this time, amount of period, and we had this habit. In this place, so why is this place not? I said, time. Number six principle. The principle of reaping proportionally to what you sow. The rule is, the more seed you plant, the more fruit harvested. The less seed you plant, the less seed harvested. It's simple, isn't it? This principle is not concerned about the amount of gifts, but, the, but with the spirit in which it's given. I'm not interested in gifts people have. The fact that you have a great gift doesn't mean a good harvest. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Oh, this guy can preach very well, or this guy can pray very well, though this guy can has good personality, or this guy sings very well, or this guy has those things are ingredients. I don't know whether you're getting it. Those things are ingredients. Ingredients is not something that you can sell to make money. The reason why Africa is poor is because Africa always sells ingredients. Cocoa is an ingredient. Crude oil is an ingredient. Are you with me? What brings prosperity is harvest. It's the finished article. Do you understand what I'm saying? Being a good preacher is just an ingredient. Being a good uh, leader is an ingredient. Good, being a what do you call, good worshiper is an ingredient. Being a good, uh, having good personality is an ingredient. A good leader is an ingredient. You have to put all of it together to get a finished article. Are you with me? That's why I'm not impressed by just having one ingredient. Because we can't eat it. Can't it just eat salt? Mm, I don't know where you're getting. You can't just eat pepper. You can't just eat tomatoes. You can't just eat uh, meat. You have to put it into 
Do you understand? You have to put it together. Join, join. Join, join it before it becomes a meal. Uh, are you getting it? After you put it together, you have to heat it up. Put some pressure for it to. Yeah. This preaching that you say you preach very well, have you been put under test before? Have you preached in tears before? Have you preached whilst feeling depressed before? Have you preached whilst sad before? If you haven't, you go and sit down somewhere. Yeah, bring raw material. Mm. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Okay. Number seven. The principle of sowing and reaping is related to the law of multiplication. This is the last one for today. The principle of sowing and reaping is related to the law of multiplication. Hallelujah. We reap more than we sow. In other words, the law of sowing and reaping, Jesus often spoke about 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold, isn't it? Uh, Matthew, Matthew 13, 8 says that, but others fell on good ground, some yielded 100-fold, some 60, some 30. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, the Bible said, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stock has no bad. It shall never produce meal. If it, it should produce alien, aliens will swallow it up. Hallelujah. Hosea 8, 7. If you sow a wind, you get what? A whirlwind. Amen. Are we okay? Am I preaching good? All right. Let's see where we are. Miracle. No, the tire Jesus. So. Positively. When you go home, listen to the words. It's okay, it's okay. When you go and listen to the word, you see that the word absorbs the, the person from any planting whatsoever. It's all about harvest. And that's a modern day Christian for you. One kind deed will result in a lifetime of blessing. One kind help you give to somebody. I always say that I am a very prosperous person. I'm a very rich person. Not because I have a lot of money, but I sow forward. So I have a big account of goodwill. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If I came to the city that you live in and I need something that you have, would you not give it? Why? Because I have sold something to your life. 
I've been doing this job for the last God knows how long. And I've helped a lot of people all over the world. So when I need something, I just call on somebody. Sometimes you come, the pastor, you have a lot of gadgets in your church. It must be very expensive. I was laughing. Because you can ask him. I paid zero pounds. I mean, zero pounds for all the televisions, all the computers, all the lights you see in this church. Zero pounds. Because somebody in Birmingham supplies it to us for free. Why would he give it to us for free? Because many years of sowing to his life, now that he has it, anything you want, anything you want, he just gives it. That's what I mean by a harvest, a continuous harvest because of what you sow. So anytime you are doing something for somebody, anytime you are blessing somebody, have that in mind. Even if the person doesn't say thank you, forget it. It's not him. It's a principle you are enacting. Stand to your feet.